What's happening, humans? Welcome to, welcome to the First Step Theology podcast, where we discuss our glorious God so that we all might love and enjoy him in a greater way. How polished. We should, <laughs> we should really record that so that I don't have to say it every time and stuff it up. You should just press a button and it should just happen. Yeah, or stop the podcast and start again. Nope. Not here. <laughs> How are you, mate? Yeah, good. I'm Luke, by the way. This is Luke. I'm How Joel. How dare you not interrupt? Welcome to this thing that we do. Now. So glad to be here, Joel. We are getting into talking about uh, the Word of God. That's right. We're continuing on yeah. from uh, last week. We were talking about the nature of the Word. So last week we talked about clarity, inerrancy. And authority. Authority. Yeah, something, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And today we're going to talk about the necessity and the sufficiency of Scripture. Yes. So from this slow start, let's, uh, before we get into that, <laughs> let's slow it down even further because we have a beef that we need feedback on. <laughs> yeah. We have a disagreement that uh, we both are adamant that we are right. Can I just say, I've forgotten about this beef and then you were like, I was like, oh, what should we talk about? <laughs> talk about, you know, whatever. And you're like, oh, of course I'm going to talk about it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I've been carrying this around with me for some time. or something. <laughs> like, okay, champ. Right. So we, we need feedback on who is right. And you all know the right answer when you hear the situation, but we, yep. we want to hear. Sure. We want to hear from you. So the other day, Luke and I were going for a drive somewhere, and, and I was telling him about how at the moment I am in a routine of at the start of the week creating, mm-hmm. making yeah. my breakfasts for the week. Yep. Right, and so Which I. Which is just so you. You are a madman. <laughs> well, it's. I will make all of my <laughs> breakfast meals, and I will put them in the fridge. Did you see my tattoo on my neck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and everyone will be labelled. I cannot have the Tuesday one on a Wednesday because it's a Tuesday one. <laughs> this is coming from the guy who literally counts to three in German when locking his car <laughs> every single time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I make my breakfast, and I said that I am making toasties. Yes. Ready for each day of the morning, so I take it out of the fridge, yes. and then I just toast it on the morning of. Well, you didn't actually say it. that. So <laughs> I sent, firstly, you said to me, I'm making toasties, yeah. and then I'm whacking them in the fridge, and I'm like, toasties? So are you toasting them? and then putting them in the fridge for you to eat later. <laughs> Which, even just that is the most ridiculous assumption. You said toasties. <laughs> okay, so this is the point though, this right? This is the issue. So here's the question. Is, a, is the thing that yes. the bread with the stuff in it and yes. another piece of bread... Yes, a sandwich. ...with butter on each side... Yes. Yeah. Is that, which is going to be a toasty... Sure. ...before being toasted, what is it? Joel, this is an issue of salvation what we're talking about here. Is the person, before they have been baptised, saved or unsaved? Answer the question. Before they have been baptised, saved. Okay. In the spirit. Yes. By Christ. Yes. Are they saved or unsaved? Before they are baptised in Christ by the spirit. Yeah. Unsaved. Exactly right. So therefore, (laughs) if you follow the logic to that end... It is a sandwich, and then it gains salvation by entering into the baptism of the Spirit, a.k.a. the toaster machine, and then it becomes a toasty. It is a completely, it is a new creation. <laughs> it is warm. It is, it is toasted. It is delicious. Okay. It is something so different. So beforehand, it's a sandwich. Unsaved, 
whatever it is. Okay, but but the problem is what's well, the problem, mate? Do you butter your sandwiches on the outside? I don't butter the outside of my sandwiches when I toasty them. Okay, well that's another thing wrong with you because put that on put that on the, the wall, <laughs> Margaret. Well, you're not Margaret. I don't no, know who you are. Whatever you, whatever your admin name Ponsby. is. Ponsby. Yeah. The Ponsby. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, first step in your life is you yeah. need to start buttering the outside of your toasties. My friend. It does like caramelizes it. It's amazing, I right? I need that kind of okay. stuff. Okay. So even if you don't, like mm-hmm. an insane person, I do, like sure. a rational human being. Yep. So I, you're a, a bit special, <laughs> someone who butters the outside of your bread. Let's just talk about that. With a to- on a toasty, everyone does that. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I have done You're that before. So it's just not my infuriating. Re- <laughs> <laughs> it's still a sandwich that you've just buttered the outside of. It's not. <laughs> it's a different thing. <laughs> Tell me, Joel, when you make a sandwich. That's like saying that if you bake, like make a cake mixture, right? And yeah. put it in a cake tin. Yeah. That it's not cake yet. No, it's, it's not, not a cake. It's, it's not. It's not fully formed cake yet. It's cake mixture. Is it? F- <laughs> <laughs> Your face oh just, oh just like about to explode. General hatred. Right, just here's because. Is yeah. is a fetus inside a woman's <laughs> belly a baby or not? Of course it's a baby. Okay, great. So the toasties are toasty before it's cooked. Okay. Before it's what fully cooked. What we need cooked. to know about was the, ba- was the baby argument better than my salvation argument. This is the... You know, the, problem, the-, the best thing about your salvation argument is your first point um, made my argument and then you're like, oh, great, I've got to say, change that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? Because I was thinking in my head, are we like, hold on, are we baptised in Christ? I was trying to make sure I was theologically correct uh, no. before I... Yeah. And I paused and you jumped in like a mad dog. Yeah. Okay. So it's a sandwich that then gets toasted to become a toasty. That is my argument. Okay. It, it is doesn't a- matter where the heck you butter that thing. <laughs> you madman. All right. And my argument is that it's a toasty that's waiting to be toasted. Question. So when you make your and and label it and put it in your filing <laughs> cabinet. Yeah. Do you pre-butter it out externally? So yep. you and then you put cling, cling film cling wrap on it. Yep. So you literally get up in the morning. I'm doing Elijah and the kids and whatever, and yep. I just throw it in the toasty maker, get it all nice and and cooked, yep. and then I'm ready ready to go. I just don't know. Well, here's the question: If I took that out of the fridge, yes, and um, you know, unwrapped it, yep. and put it on a plate for you, yeah, would you be like, oh, thanks for this sandwich? Yes. With what, like, so you're picking it up, like, you know, oily butter on your fingers. <laughs> I would think there's something mentally wrong with you, <laughs> but yes, of course, it's a sandwich. Wow. I, I think I'm right. I think this is one of your weird things that you think All is right. just, I just the norm. It's deadly just, think this is right. <laughs> All right, I've, how are we going to get feedback on this? Because I genuinely want to know what people think. Uh, maybe we actually need to do a good old-fashioned poll on Instagram or, or something. something like this. All right, Noah and Dylan, who don't work here anymore because they've gone to get real jobs, like yeah. losers. Absolutely <laughs> losers. Um, sort something out for us because yeah. we need help. We do. We need this. We, we need, need this know. from you, our listeners. Yep. Who's right? Email yeah. us at lukeisright at... <laughs> you know what? I told this to someone, to my mate Hayden, yeah. about this whole scenario. And yeah. his response was, he said, like, flabbergasted. <laughs> On my side, by the way. And he's like, he what? Is. And that guy's responsible for caring for a flock. <laughs> <laughs> <He's>, 
<laughs> yeah, and I thought, you know what? We should look into that. This is a this is the disciplinarian issue. Yeah. Well, there you go. Wow, I did not think this this would would come to this day. <laughs> but is this the end? Like, are we calling it quits? Calling it quits. Podcast is ending. Gospel life, you know, splitting. Question is, Joel, will we find the answer to this mm. inside Scripture? Well, you tried to. You tried really hard to. I did, and I did an excellent job of it. Okay, let's assume that. <laughs> well, I suppose that's what we're talking about today, exactly isn't right. it? Is it is it Scripture's job to answer this question <laughs> on whether Joel's a lunatic or not? <laughs> no. Yes. So what are we talking about today, more specifically? Okay, so essentially what we are talking about is, as as following on from last episode, we... we Looking at, you know, it's authoritative, Scripture's authoritative, and all of these things, right? <clears throat> and inerrant. What is it? What is the scope of this authority? Yeah. How, in, how far does God's word, like specifically the yeah. Bible, the 66 books of the Old and New Testament, what is the breadth that that information covers? Yeah. So, like, practically speaking, right? So, as a church, we are going through Genesis at the moment. We are. And in Genesis, especially. Like at the beginning, we were just talking about it this morning. There are so many things that it like that are hotly contested in like the first two chapters, yeah. like age of Earth. Uh, you know, like seven day creation was it literal? Was it you know mm. you know all of those kinds of things? Is Scripture trying to answer this? Yeah. Now I, I'm sure that people. Which, which the broad question there for is like. Is scripture trying to answer our scientific questions? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, exactly Sorry, right. And uh, and I, I'm I'm sure for people it's frustrating because mm. we want to when our natural predisposition, as we've proven quite clearly, in our is that we want to draw our lines mm. and we want to gather those around us who will back us up and fight to the death. Yeah, and that's what we're going to do. <laughs> we will do. Exactly. So pick a side. Yeah, pick a mm. side, and you know. Car park, a Marion <laughs> shopping centre, 12.30 yeah. p.m., be there. Snacks provided. <laughs> Fight snacks. Pre-fight snacks. Pre-fight snacks provided if you yeah. join my team. Yeah. Cinnamon Donuts. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's the question we're trying to get to the bottom of. And what we're talking about is the, 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 the doctrine of the necessity and the sufficiency of Scripture. Mm. So... Uh, I would well. Let's just get it off the table. Let's get right there. It's not scriptures. It's not scriptures' role to answer the question of science. No. Essentially, the, the necessity of scripture is that the Bible is ne- necessary uh, for knowing the gospel. Yep. For maintaining or growing spiritually, mm. and for knowing God's will. Totally. And we've talked about that a little bit already when we yeah. talked about um, how we might know God and that we cannot know God as he has revealed himself to us fully yep. simply in nature, for example, That's or, right. or in philosophical conversations, right? We, we, yep. we just can't come to a right understanding of who God is, more specifically, as you put it there, like how we might be saved, um, what Christ has done for us, all those sorts of things, yep. apart from his written revelation or his inspired revelation to us. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's necess- necessary yep. for us uh, yep. in those areas. Yeah, and and so necessary that that helps us to then understand its scope. So then, mm. what do we do when we come up to something with science? Well, 
it depends what it is, yeah. um, because certainly the Bible gives us a framework for how we might think about the world. Yeah, good. just just take like Genesis one for example, and or the first couple of chapters. Like, yep. we know without a shadow of a doubt that God created everything from nothing for His glory. Yeah, and so it, it, like, let's assume we we didn't know anything else from Genesis one. We would argue that we do know more, but yep. assume it was just that. We have a framework then for how we might view the world yep. and therefore how we might um, ask better scientific questions. Yeah. For example, the fish that I saw the other day, I mm-hmm. see fish quite regularly, mm. um, it, it, that is something is that, that... when you're making your toasty? <laughs> that something that, yeah, it was in a tin, um, that God created from nothing. Yep. For his glory. Yes. And so the intricate beauty of whatever that thing is, that fish is, yeah, um, is created for that purpose. That tells me something about the scientific capacity or relationship with the world. So what we're saying here, and like this is quite a big thing to, to for us to wrestle with as Christians, is, is that we need the Bible. Mm. We are dependent upon the Bible to grow in our relationship with God. Yeah. You cannot grow in your relationship with God to what scripture calls us to do, like to, to enter into that relationship and then continue in growth in that relationship by general revelation or natural revelation, like by just looking at a tree and going, oh, like being in nature grows my relationship with God. Mm. Not without the word of God, it doesn't. No. Otherwise, what you are doing is you are stopping at that na- natural thing and you are using that to create impressions of who you think God is. Sure, there can be things you can learn about God through that, like mm. you can learn God's character. and you can, But... It is capped because God has given us his word. Absolutely. And that that's big for us to be able to kind of wrestle with. Mm. And I think maybe wrestling with that on two levels, both in relationship to law mm-hmm. and then secondly to grace. Um, and law, you know, we, we think of that term in a very negative sense, but maybe think of it in terms of how we might live mm-hmm. as God's people in God's world. Yeah. Um, or the design for which we were created to live. Yep. Um, and then grace, grace being how we might know the loving mercy of God who has saved and rescued us from our sin and yeah. our depravity and our breaking of the law that he has set out for us. Yeah. So start on the first one, how we might live as his people. We just talked about Sabbath mm-hmm. and a cycle of rest that is as a church, sorry. We haven't talked about Sabbath in this, in this episode. Sorry, yes. As a church, uh, you can find it on the Gospel Life podcast. Oh, bang. Mm, shameless. Shameless there. <laughs> uh, and the, the cycle for rest that is to be a blessing for us as humanity, for mutual flourishing, but then also as a day set apart as holy to the Lord and glorifying to his name, right? Yep. Now, we have, apart from the scripture, yep. from God's word, we have no capacity to know that that is how God has designed things to be. Yeah, that's right. Take even, for example, a seven-day week. Mm. There is no seven-day week apart from Scripture. Mm-hmm. None. That's right. Every other ancient society around the time of, of Genesis and, and, and other cultures around then were basing their cycles of time on maybe the moon or the stars or the yep. you know the seasons, right? Yeah. No seven-day week. Yep. It's Genesis that gives us that. Yeah, yeah. Our culture still does that today. That's right. Because, you know, built on a you know somewhat Christian heritage. What? Um, but apart from that, 
we cannot know God's blessing to us. That's right. Um, through that. That's right. And through that, how we might live it. And you can lay that out across all of God's, you know, standards or commandments. Mm. So we can know that there is a God. We can look at that creation and mm. go, oh, you know, in the same way as you can look at a picture and go, there's a painter. Mm. I don't know their intention. No. I don't know who that is. No. I don't know why they, like, you, you can know that it exists. So you can know that there is a God. You can know that he has a certain character. Yeah. But you cannot know his will. Mm. And therefore that will to bring salvation and bring judgment. Like yeah. you you're missing out on a lot of the 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 beauty of that. Romans ten seventeen, just so you know we're building this from scripture says faith. <laughs> so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Yeah. So we need we need to bring the gospel. Uh we need to bring the word of God to know God for ourselves. Absolutely. This is actually really practical. Because really what we're saying is is that it is not enough for you to <clears throat> have a, a relationship with God that is based upon anything but the word of God. Mm. Like you can't have a regular growing relationship with God without opening up his word and spending time in it. No way. You can't. Bad and luck. So, bad luck. You can have rest mm. and you can enjoy God's creation. Mm. You know, like... I love creation more than the next guy. Mm. Oh, we know. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I ranted about bees the other week in our sermon. You should go check it out. Yeah. It's the one that's an hour 45 long. <laughs> yeah, an hour of that is just bee talk. Just bee chat. Bee chats. <laughs> bee rants. More bee like rants, that. sorry, yeah. So, and that's really important. We enjoy God's creation, mm. right? We look at the, the good that we see in creation is pointing to us to the source of that good. Mm-hmm. But to grow in that relationship with God, you need the Word of God. Absolutely. I, f- I mean, I feel like we've laboured on this. Uh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's because we care about it. Yeah, exactly. And we care about you. Oh, wow. Listeners. Listeners. Yeah. Now, what we maybe what is different from what we have discussed and, and touched on before yes. is now the sufficiency of that word. Yes. Um, what is sufficiency? So uh, we would say that not only is it necessary for us to do that, but it is uh, as in necessary for us to know God, grow in God, mm. and to um, whatever the last thing I said was. <laughs> sure. Was it uh, to to so to to know the God like to be to know God, to go on spiritual life, but then also to understand His will. Mm, good content. Is, mm. <laughs> is also all that we need for salvation and living for God. Yeah. So it is sufficient. Yep. For knowing, it is sufficient for all that we require. In uh, being saved, yep, and for then continuing in a life that is glorifying to God. So, what we're saying here, right, is it's on two levels, right? God has given us exactly what we need to be able to to live for Him rightly, yep, and to be saved rightly mm. in this day and age. Yeah, like that is essentially what we're saying. As well as then, we can go further and say that then there is no new special revelation. It's sufficient. It's, it's all that is required. Yeah. And that has quite big implications for how we practice our Christian life. Mm-hmm. Right? As you were saying, you know, we can't grow in our faith apart from Scripture and absolutely agree. Yeah. The problem is what we often do is we then try and supplement Scripture. Mm. So we see a Christian walk as being um, that that is loving and studying God's Word. Mm-hmm both his word written and his word incarnate in Christ. Yep. 
which we would thumbs up to that, double thumbs up even. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Two thumbs up to that thing. But then we would go ahead and supplement, or maybe we wouldn't say this in these terms, but we might think it in our hearts and with our practice. We would supplement our love of God's word written and incarnate with some form of special revelation. Yeah, yeah. Whether it be, you know, what um, Pastor X, Y, or Z is preaching on YouTube. Yep. Or what we deem to be some spiritual revelation from God that we get when we, you know. Are praying or. Yeah. You know, hearing from him Mm -hmm. apart from his word, his written word. Yeah. Or it might be, you know, the the emotional uh, experience that you have when worshipping. Mm-hmm. And the closeness that you learn to know about God in those times. Yeah. And that is all of a sudden speaking to you about who knows what. Yeah, that's right. And all of a sudden, what have we done there? We have created a new category for something that needs to that we need mm. or that you become dependent upon. Yep. That all of a sudden you know, sort of needs to supplement or add some like potatoes and veg on the side of your steak that is the word of God. Yeah. And unknowingly, yeah, we have maybe denied that, hang on, the Bible, God's word, mm. written and incarnate, is all that we need mm. for life and faith and salvation. Mm. So it's actually a, a, a simple truth. And, and what we've said so far isn't anything new than what we've been saying for the last however many weeks that we've been going on this. Yeah. Every season. But it, but it has implications that maybe transform how we think about those added things. Yeah. Agreed? I agree, yeah. I was reading something in, in preparation for this. Mm. Um, <clears throat> the Bible? Yeah, it was the Bible. <laughs> no, uh, it is the um, uh, a, a really excellent book that you can get from our good friends at Reformers. Oh, Reformers.com.au. Yep, go there and you can get yourself a cheeky 15% off. Any full-priced item. That's right. With our discount code FIRSTSTEP, capital F, capital S, no space. And Christmas is around the corner. Oh. What better thing to do than buy someone you love Mm. a book? Yeah. (laughs) Or a shirt with their face and a quote on it. Even better. Even better. Even better. You better not. So, um, so there's this great book. It's called "Taking God at His Word." It's by our good friend Kevin DeYoung, um, and he uh, he goes on to discuss uh, in this book about how when we're talking about like the authority of Scripture, mm. that's an, that's an issue of like liberal thinkers. You know, like that that Scripture becomes secondary in their thinking. Yeah. When we're talking about clarity, that's f- like postmodernism. You know, postmodernism is trying to murky the water. What's your truth? My truth? You know, Scripture's no Scripture's clear on what is true and what's not clear. Mm. Um, the necessity of scripture, like to know God and to, to have the foundation for life, that is an issue for atheists and agnostics. Mm. What he goes on to argue is that this idea of sufficiency um, is, is an issue for us as Christians. And I, I, he gives a great example where he talks about the fact that we will read scripture and read all that it says about heaven and be a bit ho-hum about it. Mm. You know, be like, oh, whatever. But when a school-aged child claims that they've gone to heaven and back and, <laughs> and discusses it, we are like jumping out of our seats going, this is so cool. Captivated. Absolutely captivated. Make a movie. That's a sufficiency issue. Mm. It's we are kind of going, eh, scripture's not that sufficient. Mm. If someone else has a really good story about it, even if it's proven wrong years later, yeah, that's what must be true. And, 
And to back up exactly what you were saying earlier, we, we then make those things our main. And so we make decisions as families yeah. based on a feeling rather than, you know, like standard Christian values that have been built in, in Scripture. Yeah, by time spent in God's Word, yeah. having your heart Knowing and your it. conscience transformed by it. Yeah. Now, that's not to say because you just did something then that maybe helps us have this discussion by going to a secondary resource, mm-hmm. right? That book that you know you just recommended is, mm. is a useful tool yep. to help us better understand God's Word. Prayer and spending time in worship and, and seeking God to give you wisdom that He might lead you down paths of righteousness and make decisions for your family and all those sorts of things are wonderful, fruitful Christian practices, yep. but they must be constantly secondary to God's Word. Yeah, yeah. Always secondary to God's Word. Yep. And how He has called us to live and trust in Him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's go to a break and then we'll come back to maybe more of the practical implications of this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Razacados, the best avocado plants in town. Owned and operated by our very own Luke Rasmussen. Having become bored with doing the Lord's work as a pastor, tired of loving and serving his family as a husband and father, he has now branched out into becoming a hobby avocado tree farmer. Haven't sorted your Christmas presents yet? Pick up a Razzicado plant. Your wife not too happy with you because of that thing that you said? Well, stuff flowers because they die in days. Instead, pick up a Razzicado plant and the fact that they are about 8 to 10 years away from fruiting will speak of your enduring apology. Each plant has been raised, is prayed for and anointed daily with oil. And one could be all yours for the hot price of $13.99 per inch. And that is genuinely an offer. Razzicados, don't let his midlife crisis go to waste. That is so good. I did not know you were doing that. The only problem is, is you, get, you have to say at the end of it, they will not fruit. Because <laughs> they're in water, they're never going to fruit. It's fine. Can you not plant them? You probably could. Yeah. Why, why, why wouldn't you? Isn't right. that the whole point of this? No, but the Razzicato painted technology... Is, oh, right. in, is in water. Oh, it's in a jar, so it comes in a jar. Comes in a jar. Okay. Thirteen ninety nine. You happy with that? That's great price. Per inch. Per inch. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, because I've got some in my office now. That some like. big ones. Mm. Need a high. Yeah. Good. They're so good. Oh, I couldn't couldn't keep the giggles away. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So what we're talking about right here is the, the <laughs> doctrines are. Is it actually a real ethical issue? And the reason why we wanted to do this last, right, is because it kind of when we're talking about the characteristics of scripture is because it is so ethical. Mm. It really comes into it, uh, its own in how we live these things out. Mm. We actually have to live it. We have to allow God's word to be foundational for us. Yeah. So we, we don't say that scripture is a scientific uh, textbook, but we do say that the truth of scripture is foundational for science to work. Yeah. Because it's uh, you know for science to work, we have to assume that there are laws in place by God. Mm. We have to assume that there's a God who keeps those laws in place mm. providentially. We have to assume that this world has been made with some sort of order, yeah. so that if I get water to a hundred degrees, it's going to boil every single time yeah. unless I mess with it in some sort of way. Mm. So it is a foundational piece for us to then uh, go and look at science or literature. Mm. You know, so 
it is a foundational piece for order. It is a foundational piece for all of those things, right? So then we then take that, it, like that, that's cool, but that it's then becomes the foundational piece for our salvation. It's not that you just, you hear the gospel and then you take that word and then you, you do nothing with it. Yeah. It's then you go and apply it and live by it and live in it mm. um, for the rest of your life. I think Spurgeon says, you know, um, visit many books but live in scripture. And, and and essentially to to live by letting that be the foundational piece. Mm. So, okay, so you say you've heard from the Lord. Great. Test it to what you know that scripture has said. Yeah. Rather than being flippant and flimsy and going, oh, it may have said this, it may have said this, and because of this and because of my lack of understanding of scripture, I am then going to go and, and follow this ambition. Yeah. And the danger I see is, is that there are plenty of people who've grown up in Christian circles who uh, ultimately say they've heard from the Lord, go do things, and they're sinful, dishonest things. They're mm. running and chasing the wind because they do not have biblical categories yeah. to help them to make the right decisions in life. Yeah, to make those wise decisions. Yeah. yeah, like we're looking for the mysterious will of God when the revealed will of God is there right in front of us. And sufficient. And it's sufficient. And it's what we need. Yeah, yeah. I think another way that we're seeing this sort of being pushed up against is the constant, um, maybe need or or feeling within us that we need to go. And I hear this all the time. Like, I you've got to read this book. Mm. It'll, you know, it'll change your faith. It'll change your life. Mm-hmm. And now, often that's said with good intentions, and maybe mm. not saying what we're saying here. Yeah. But in in other scenarios, I think there is almost this cultural push that we have to go. The Bible isn't the thing that can change your life. Mm. The, you know it, what's implied in that is that you need to move away from Scripture, from being in love with God and His Word and His Son, and instead go and find you know this this book that whoever wrote, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't That's matter. Right. Um, Rather than going that that book that sermon that whatever it is helpful, mm. but I know that my life is changed by God and His Word. Yeah, that is the thing that He has inspired mm. and that He is using to sanctify and to transform us and to preserve us that we might be glorified in Him. Yeah, that's right. We often make those books the main thing and Scripture the supplement. Absolutely, to back it up. Yeah. It should be the other way around. Yeah, and this is like something that we are need to fight against as well, oh. especially because you know we care about doctrine. We love to read books. If you've listened to this podcast, yeah. we are constantly <laughs> recommending books. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we have done that in such a way that is leading you back to scripture first and foremost. Yeah. Although I, I, you know, I certainly think that maybe we have faulted with that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And even like um, you know, studying doctrine, we we both have led multiple different systematic theology um, like studies and things like that. Yep. And we try and be so deliberate uh, time and time again to say, you know what, we might be studying systematic theology, which is a thing, mm-hmm. um, but ultimately we are not studying you know Grudem's book or whoever's textbook. Yep. We're studying the Bible. Yeah, this absolutely. is a means by which we are studying the Bible. And and we need to fight against that even within our Christian context. That's right. The other wonderful thing that I think uh, follows on really nicely after what you're saying is, is that the temptation for us is to be wanting to find the next big new thing. Yeah. Whether it be a, a new revelation, mm. a new book, mm. a, a new 
experience. And that like that's really like culturally quite popular. Of course. But as a church, we are supposed to be be radically ordinary. <laughs> yeah. Consistent. You know, like faithfulness is one of the key themes of scripture. The Old mm. Testament is about a faithful God to an unfaithful people. Yeah. And he sends Christ as he was faithful to the end. And so we as people should be faithful, which means we are we are slow. We we're not looking like when we gather as a church, it we're not there to be entertained. Mm. We are there to meet with our God and allow him to change us and shape us mm. as we lift up our worship to him, either by scripture or by and so the temptation for us is to be rushing to f- to find out that next new information and mm. to get that like as my wife likes to call them boom moments, <laughs> you know, like and yeah. that's so tempting, isn't it? To yeah. to talk for one us to do, but it's the consistency how mm. God changes us. Like you know, I love going to the beach, right? And there's rocks on the beach that are perfectly smooth, and they've been smoothed over time by the gentle or sometimes rough work of the ocean. And, you know, you feel water. It's not that abrasive. Mm. But constantly, repetitively, like it is just shaping it and smoothing it and, and working that in us. And that's the same way that we are to be when we come to Scripture. We're not looking for the next big thing every time. Yeah. Sometimes God reveals something to you and you're crippled. Like we've all had moments like that. Of course, yeah. Um, and they're, they're beautiful key moments in our. But mm. most of the Christian life is the same repetitive things over and over again in the word of God that repeats the same repetitive things over and over and over again because it is for either foreshadowing Christ, mm. revealing Christ, or looking back at Christ and mm. hoping for Christ in the future because it's all about Christ. And so I think we need to just make sure that we make the main thing of Scripture the main thing of our lives by resting in its sufficiency and its necessity and what it's trying to do within us.